0: Welcome to
1: another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios.
2: And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Beautiful. Good afternoon to you. Thanks for being with us. Wednesday edition, another gorgeous day here in the city of Pittsburgh. Kath, uh, how are you? Are you rested and chipper?
3: Uh, I'm, ex- I'm exhausted. Thank you for asking. Exhausted? I'm absolutely exhausted because I told you that I was, you know, not going to turn on election returns until 1230. Right. Which I did. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly, at 12.30. I turned them on. Did you? I was disappointed I hadn't heard from you because I thought that you would send me something like, hey, heads you up. know, mm-hmm. heads up, nothing from right, you. Right, Because I
2: said I was going to watch it.
3: You said you were going to watch it all night right. because election returns are so much fun. Mm-hmm. I and was Why wouldn't bed. you want to watch that? Yeah,
2: I went to sleep at 10.30.
3: On it. I mean. I was just done. Seriously. I, I, you know what?
2: We had a late dinner. I turned on the tube. Don't.
3: Cre- Listen,
2: I'm just telling you what I did. See, we turned on the tube. I started to watch and I was like, this is ridiculous.
3: Which is what I told you yesterday. And you were like, no, no, no. Election returns right. are see, so fun. See, you're so much wiser. So I turn it on at 1230 a.m. Uh-huh. And it's tight between Oz and Fetterman. Mm-hmm. So I can't go to sleep. I have to figure out what happens. What time do so, you go to Uh, 140, I think.
2: Was it called by then? Mm-hmm.
3: Oh. Yeah, it was like about 115. Mm-hmm. Fetterman came out and said that he'd won. Okay. I think uh, AP called it at that point. Did you
2: feel good about that? I mean,
3: Now I'm extremely tired. Are you, though? Yeah, I'm a little cranky about it.
2: Huh. I'm all rested and chipper. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, vote,
3: I voted on a paper ballot last night, Gary, just like you. Did you? Yep. This
0: Very is,
1: good. Uh-huh. This is the new technology it, now. It was
3: like a, it was like a, a standardized test.
1: No kidding. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, except I got, apparently got all the wrong answers.
1: Well, yeah, me too. Right. Sorry. Sorry, guys.
2: I felt good about it.
3: Yeah, me too. I liked it so much better.
2: Uh huh. The paper's the way to go. Good. Well, you guys had paper and I got shamed at the polls, right? Yeah. Because I just was a buffoon.
3: Right. Well, okay. So you have any thoughts about election Uh, day? Uh, I mean,
2: not particularly. Seriously. I mean, I'm glad it's over. It
3: wasn't a red wave. No, it
2: was not a red wave. Okay. But so uh, what? Two months ago, three months ago, we're saying Democrats are going to control this thing. And all of a sudden, the press narrative was like, here comes the red wave. Well,
3: that's because it was a midterm election, and that's because inflation is so high. So yeah. it's traditionally, it sh- it probably should have been a red wave, and it really wasn't.
2: Will this affect you and I personally? Will it affect us? Uh,
3: well, I mean, I, I mean, we, I mean, our... If Fetterman
2: st- is our United States senator, what's going to happen? We're well, going to have, gonna like, make- legalized weed and... Craziness. I mean, probably right. I mean, heaven help us. I mean,
3: the fact that he, as impaired as he was in that debate, won the uh, Senate seat is well. To, you know, this is Western Pennsylvania.
2: I mean, they, they'd put a mannequin up there, and a Democrat
1: would.
3: Well, no, because it was Pat Toomey.
1: Do you think that uh, weren't there something like a million mail-in ballots? Oh really? Were there that before, many? and so they haven't counted those no, yet. Well, count. no, I don't know, but I just wondered. The thought occurred to me: uh, were those a lot of those people that voted for Fetterman before they saw the debate? Hmm, that's a good question. Because uh, that debate was a big surprise, I think, to a lot of people, yeah. including people who were for him. But I don't think it mattered. I well, think you know that what? was your yeah, guy, they, that they was going to be your you guy. You know what?
3: They did mention that, though. Uh, the night of the debate, I forgot about that. They did mention the fact that, you know, a certain number of people, I mean, had already, vote. support yes. had already voted. Sure,
2: sure. Yeah. Okay, so I did see on video today, you know, on tape, uh, his acceptance speech. His speech was much better. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I don't think there was ever... Did you ever think cognitively he was going to suffer long term?
3: Well, I certainly hoped he didn't. I, I just, didn't think I he just, would. I felt like he should have withdrawn from the race, but what? clearly that is a poor idea since he just right. stinking won the race.
2: He seemed better, and so now he got a new Democrat United States Senator. Well, here. I
3: think I mean losing right? Pat Toomey was a was a, a stalwart mm-hmm. voice for the Republican Party yes. for a long time, and so I'm well. John sad Fetterman's going to be our
2: senator probably for a long, long time. I'm don't a you big, think? Here's the weird thing about him. I'm a
3: big Pat Toomey fan, so I'm sorry to see him go.
2: Well, so Fetterman's never had a job. So his record as showing up on time and being prepared as lieutenant governor, the press talked about this. Nobody cared. Kind of shaky, right? He didn't make appointments. So will he be able to go to D.C. and be like carry a regular workload over a long term? I don't know. My guess is probably not. Probably not. But the people will make excuses. How old is he? I think he's 49. Okay. No, May's a little older than are
3: you, that. Are you making a whole lot of changes when you're 49?
2: No, no. But he's. you would think you would take the role of United States Senator very
3: seriously. I think you would take the role of Lieutenant Governor of the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania seriously. Right. Yeah, you know,
2: well, we'll see. I mean, democracy, at least no one's going, We. you know, these no. results are not correct. Well, right?
3: I, th- I think that maybe is a Yet. big... Yet. Yet. I think that's a, a takeaway of yesterday.
2: That people stood by the results, hopefully. No, well,
3: no, that I think a lot of the Stop the Steal people did not win. Right. I mean, Doug Mastriano being one uh, of crushed. the... Crushed. He, You know, he got completely pasted yesterday.
2: I'm just glad we don't have to watch any commercials. Me too. And I believe in American democracy and Here's another
3: thing to note is that abortion was a huge factor. Gigantic. Huge factor.
2: Roe v. Wade, the rollback yes. of that, energized the Democratic Party. It did.
3: Right? And I it think energized that, a lot of women who say that abortion is yeah. an important. Uh, I agree,
2: it may have been like them. the sort of central thing yep. that put people into the polls. Yeah, Democrats especially, yeah. of course.
3: That made me sad to see that. Yeah, of course, it really did. Yeah. But it was a big issue, uh, particularly for for uh, Fetterman voters
2: mm-hmm. and Shapiro, right? Shapiro voters as well, don't you think?
3: Well, I don't. I don't think that it's, it was nearly as big of a deal in the Shapiro race because well, Shapiro's
2: record as was, you know yeah, an abortion that, guy.
3: Even conservatives weren't voting for Mastriano.
2: A lot of them did not. Oh, I mean, yeah.
3: So, in fact, yeah, the numbers of... uh, The number of people who... The number of Democrats who vote... No, no, the number of both, Republicans and Democrats, who voted for Fetterman was way less Mm -hmm. than voted for Shapiro.
2: Right. I wonder... Okay, so the talk is... uh, uh, Trump's uh, perhaps his influence not as great as he had hoped. Because
3: DeSantis right? had a huge, crushed, enormous crushed Florida, win, and right? Marco Rubio as well.
2: So perhaps the influence of Trump uh, has waned, he's and uh, this may be. You know, of course, he's going to declare presidency here in a couple of weeks, right? And
3: I, I hope. Yeah, I.
2: Mm-hmm. What I, will happen there?
3: Well, I, at this point, DeSantis is riding high.
2: Yes, he is. I mean,
3: you can't be riding any higher than he's riding at no, this point. No. I mean, that was a It was an enormous victory. So maybe
2: Trump would just be content to be, you know, well, the kingmaker. Maybe so.
3: Get and he out would here. Say, I don't buy it. You know it. what? I'm going to throw I my. I don't buy it.
2: Well, it hasn't been that way in the past, That's but you would right. think that that would be the wise thing to do to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pass my okay, support. All the, all the things to you're, make,
3: you're saying make no sense when you see the record of how he's acted. Right.
2: All right. Well, we'll talk about this as the show goes on, I'm sure. Election and our thoughts on that. Uh, But as we always do, Kath, we go and look at the news at the top of the show. So please, without further ado, give us the top four at four.
3: For Wednesday, the 9th of November 2022, John, will start locally. Number one, police searching for a man who they say shot and killed another man in a Scott office just after noon Wednesday. Allegheny County Police Superintendent Chris Kearns said police responded to the Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Office, the corner of Cochrane and Greentree Roads, after receiving reports of shots being fired there. Responding officers found a man in the foyer of the office who had been shot to death, and he has been, uh, he, at this point, is unidentified. Uh, Investigators at this point believe the shooting suspect followed the other man into the office after they had an altercation on Cochrane Road. The suspect ran away after the shooting. And as of showtime today, uh, he is still he or she is still at large. Large sections of Cochrane and Green Tree Roads were closed to traffic. John, you were in all of that um, heavy police presence in that part of Green Tree. Number two. Russia announced today that this was another surprise, withdrawing forces from Kherson, a key city in southern Ukraine, in what could turn out to be the most humiliating setback in Vladimir Putin's war. Ukrainian officials, according to CBS News, remained cautious about the Russian force's intentions, with some suggesting on social media it was a trick. But in televised comments, the defense minister said he was ordering the withdrawal of troops across the Dnieper River. The announcement of the withdrawal followed weeks of Ukrainian advances toward the city and a race by Russia to relocate more than 100,000 of its residents. Number three. Facebook parent Meta things are tough in that neighborhood they have laid off 11,000 people 13% of its workforce as it contends with faltering revenue and broader tech industry woes tech industry woes the job cuts came just a week after widespread layoffs at Twitter. We talked about that. Um, Elon Musk still trying to reach out to investors, saying, no, 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 it's going to be um, better, more organized, uh, a tighter network. We'll see how that goes at Twitter. Um, Zuckerberg said he had made a mistake at F- Meta in previously moving to hire aggressively and expecting rapid growth even after the pandemic ended. Meta's value has plunged by 70 billion dollars. Seventy billion dollars. I mean, that's absolutely amazing numbers. Number four. It's been more than eight months since Russian troops first invaded Ukraine and there seems to be no end in sight. But today, award winning actor Sean Penn gifted Ukraine a symbol of faith to get through the ongoing conflict. His Oscar. Yes, Ukrainian President Zelensky posted about Sean Penn's gift to him on Instagram, saying it was the third time the actor had visited him during the war. Quote, Sean brought his Oscar as a symbol of faith in the victory of our country. It will be in Ukraine until the end of the war. And that is your top four at four. It's kind <laughs> that, of strange. If you were Zelensky, you wouldn't be inspired by that? What would you do? What would, you, what would you do with oh, that someone, uh, someone's Oscar? Uh, thanks. Yeah, I
2: mean, yeah. <laughs> I, you appreciate the support. Of I, mean, I don't know, it's Just the, the, the weird, weird Hollywood.
3: What, would, what could that possibly do for you? N- nothing. It's ridiculous. Nothing.
2: Uh, unless you melt it down. Uh, it's not pure gold, though. So what do you do with it? I, don't, I guess you could auction it off and use it to buy a missile or two.
3: I mean, isn't that the weirdest gift you Very ever much heard so, of? Yeah.
2: I, don't know. I like Sean Penn, but he's a strange that's, bird.
3: He is. I mean, that's a crack up, though. Yeah, I think like, so, too. Like, poor Zelensky. Like, he's over there. He's been in a bunker for nine <laughs> months, right? And Get's Sean an Penn walks in and he has an Oscar.
2: Here's my Oscar for Best Animation. <laughs> What was the Oscar for? Do you know what that was? Yeah, would yeah, would I don't know. Okay. All right. Let's take a quick break. Come back. We're going to talk about the six conversations, pathways to connecting in an age of isolation. Heather Holman joins us in a few minutes. Stay with us. We are Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on 101.5 Word FM. It's W.O.R.D.
4: 101.5 W.O.R.D.
6: Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000.
7: Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing.
8: You were created for a purpose. Geneva College can help you find it, follow it, and fulfill it as you boldly answer God's call to live faithfully and intentionally in service to others. Together with Geneva, you'll embark on a journey of discovery. With professors and peers who are integrating faith and learning, thinking constructively and creatively as you learn to understand your world, develop expertise in your field of study, and find meaning and purpose in your life's work. Ranked one of the best value schools in regional universities north by U.S. News and World Report, Geneva offers over 195 undergraduate majors and programs to help you discover the compelling significance of God's calling. Geneva College, you were made for this. Explore what interests you at geneva.edu slash academics.
9: Many shoppers consider Black Friday the start of the holiday shopping season. Some will wait in insane lines or even camp out in store parking lots to secure that special deal. At the Original Mattress Factory, our factory direct business model means that all of our customers get the same great price no matter when they choose to buy. We have never had a Black Friday sale, or any sale for that matter, in over 30 years. So sleep in this Black Friday. At the Original Mattress Factory, you can get a great mattress at a great price every day.
2: I have a good friend who, uh, he's a widower, so he lives alone, and he works uh, remotely from his home, so his his day-to-day conversations are pretty much nil. Mm. He told me a while back that um, his sort of interaction, his social interaction mostly uh, happens at the grocery store. People are lonely and isolated. Yep. And, of course, you know, the pandemic is part of that and, you know, the the social aspect of working from home. But I think probably more than ever, it's more difficult to have an intimate relationship, intimate conversations with other people. Well, uh, Heather Holloman's with us. She's an associate professor at Penn State University, and uh, she's got a brand new book out. And uh, we're happy to talk to her. It's called The Six Conversations, Pathways to Connecting in an Age of Isolation and Incivility. And, Heather, welcome to the show.
4: Oh, I'm so glad to be on your program. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
3: Heather, what's gone wrong with our ability to have conversations? I I think John's right. People are isolated for sure. Um, And I think about that every time this this topic comes up, Heather, I feel like a terrible person because I I, it's I just don't (laughs) feel like I have as much time or maybe I don't have enough energy to have significant conversations. What do you think?
4: well you're not alone i've never met one person who said they didn't want to improve the art of conversation so you're not alone i think what's going wrong is not only that we're in this epidemic of loneliness but it's also a culture of incivility so people are used to arguing and they're sort of afraid to re-enter conversations because of all that can go wrong but what i've learned is if you adopt the right mindset if you have fresh goals You can have a warm and loving connection with anyone, which all the research shows is the foundation for a happy life.
2: Hmm. I'll take that. That's good news. All right. So, uh, Heather, you talk about the the theology of, of a loving conversation. So in all your research, tell us what the Bible talks about as far as that loving conversation. Does it address that specifically in some way?
4: Well, yes, that was what excited me the most as I read all the social science research. I thought, wait, where have I heard this before? So in Philippians 2, Paul gives us a great outline of the mindsets we need in order to love other people while in conversation. He talks about valuing other people above yourself, you know, and and really taking on their interests. And so as I looked at the research of the four mindsets that you need, you need to be curious, which we're terrible at, believing the best, which we're really bad at. (laughs) concern and then also sharing your life so in galatians paul talks about carrying each other's burdens and think about romans 12 outdoing one another and showing honor so i really saw so much support in the bible for reconnecting in fresh ways with people to really love them well yeah
3: that's that's really good I, we went to my husband and i went to um lunch with uh, wasn't well it was like, more like a snack with, a, with some. With, what was it? I mean, what okay. Was it all right. So we, we basically, you know, shared a bottle of water. No, I'm kidding. That's not what happened. But we were sitting there with some neighbors, people we don't know all that well. And um, it ended up, you know, we, we thought we were going to sit down for 30 minutes. We ended up sitting there for uh, an hour and a half. So it was a long time. But here's what was interesting. When we left the conversation, uh, we both went out to the car, and my husband says, Well, how, how did you think that went? And I said, Well,. I thought it was weird because in the entirety of that time, they never asked us a single question. What do you mean?
4: That's exactly right. Yeah. About us. They, so it was one side.
3: Right. They never asked us a single question. Now I'm used to asking questions. <laughs> if I'm not used to asking questions, Heather, you know I mean? John and I have been doing this on the air for a long time. So, but so I can you know, John and I can keep a conversation going, but it was interesting to be, you know, I was not working. So I'm in my like real life and it was It's a weird conversation when it's not, there's no reciprocal. Right. There's no reciprocity at all.
4: Right. And that's what we're seeing everywhere. My students say, I went on a date. The guy didn't ask me one question. Or, you know, I'm out with these friends. They're not asking me one question. What I love about the process of writing this book is the importance of asking good, meaningful questions and how everyone needs to develop this skill of interpersonal curiosity. And so I've had to, you know, in conversations, say to people, I've had a great time asking you these questions. I can't wait to hear what question you're now going to ask me. And they laugh because they're like, you know, I'm terrible. I haven't asked you one thing. We really need to train one another again, how to engage because Kathy, you would have felt so loved if they would have just asked you a meaningful question about your life, but they didn't. Hmm.
2: Okay, so that's weird. So I have a friend who who would always say this. Anyway, getting back to me. So, yeah. I mean, so the idea yeah. of, are we so, again, is this the boogeyman, you know, that, that social media has made us all narcissistic so we can't take the focus off, off of ourselves and reflect it on the pe- people around us? Is, is, that, is, is it as simple as that?
4: Well, selfishness is a big problem. One of the, the four mindsets that you need, remember, expressing concern for other people means you take the time to listen. What are their major stressors? What decisions do they have to make? What thought is keeping them up at night? And you're taking on a responsibility for their welfare. You're not sharing your life yet until they ask about you or till a lot of time has passed. Then you can share what your experience or or how your experience relates to theirs in a way that would encourage them it's an art form. It's hard to do. I tell people you shouldn't talk for more than two minutes at a time in any mm. giving conversation.
3: Mm. Oh, that's really too. So there should be like a little alarm that goes off in your head when yes. it, you've been talking more yes. than two minutes.
4: Yes. Yes. And you can tell your friends, I'm really working on this. Am I someone who monologues or talks too much? And I say, look, just set a timer, have it go off. And you can say, okay, I've talked too much. I'm really curious.'" I really want to know about you. You know, what have you been thinking about lately? So I give people great questions to, you know, divert from yourself, ask someone about their life. And the book gives six categories. So you'll never get lost starting a conversation or continuing a conversation again. I love that.
3: The book is called The Six Conversations, Pathways to Connecting in an Age of Isolation and Incivility. We're talking to author Heather Holloman. Uh, Heather, you mentioned curiosity. Is that the indispensable quality? I mean, if you aren't really curious, just asking a bunch of questions, it could sound uh, formulaic.
4: Yes, the whole thing falls apart if you're not curious. However, you need all the mindsets. You could be really curious, but if you're not believing the best about your conversation Mm -hmm. partner, your questions are going to come off as judgmental and suspicious. And that's sort of what the, the the culture is right now. You know, you meet someone, you're not believing the best. You're wondering who they voted for, if you can trust them, what they believed about vaccines. So you really need curiosity and believing the best. I would rank as the highest and then moving into expressing concern and then sharing your life for that warm connection that all the research shows you can achieve and is necessary for not only physical, I mean, mental and emotional health, but they're saying it's related to your health outcome. Hmm. You need warm connections to improve your immune system. It's fascinating.
2: That's fabulous. Okay, so everybody's had this this uh, conversation, right? You're, you're You're with someone, you hit it off right away, and when you leave, you either say to yourself or the person you're with, that was a great conversation. I love that guy. It was so interesting and so well done. And so what you're saying, Heather, the warmthness of the conversation is sort of like the key, right? But that's not something that's manufactured, although it is something that's thoughtful that you can create by taking the focus off yourself and engaging in uh, curiosity about the other person's life. That way you lift the person up in some way.
4: That's right, and the research shows there are things you can do to create that warm feeling. It's called closeness-enhancing behaviors. So once you do those four mindsets of believing the best, being curious, expressing concern, and sharing your life, you actually have to express liking. You have to tell your conversation partner, I really enjoy being with you. The other thing you can do that's so wonderful is always think of where you want the conversation to end up. And the research and the Bible both say every conversation can really be encouraging one another, helping each other grow, or leading to a state of marveling and awe. And the passages of Scripture that support that are just really wonderful about, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what's useful for building others up. I wasn't living that way. And so I love this idea of also worshiping, you know, make music in your heart to the Lord. The social science research shows that when you bring people to a state of awe or worship, they're going to feel close to you, and you're going to actually help them feel happier inside and less alone.
3: I love this. That's really fascinating. Heather Holliman's with us. She's a professor, associate teaching professor at Penn State. We're talking about her brand new book, which has just come out called The Six Conversations, Pathways to Connecting in an Age of Isolation and Incivility. Um, Last question for you, Heather, and we don't have a whole lot of time, um, so it's going to have to be less than a minute. But what about people listening to this who are just too are just really insecure about conversation. You know, they just, they don't feel like they navigate it well. They're not sure where to start. I mean, is this the kind of book that can still help them, kind of give them a jumping off? Yes. I
4: have a whole, I have a whole chapter called overcoming fear and self-consciousness. You're going to love it because the research shows that people love you. When you ask personal questions, they enjoy it. You can take the social risk. Nobody's going to think you're awkward. And I give you six categories. So you'll never no, you'll, you'll always know, OK, what can I ask this person, whether it's, you know, social, physical, emotional, cognitive, volitional or spiritual. So, yes, it's a book for people who are introverted, maybe more insecure. My husband is sort of proof of concept. He loves doing these strategies and he is enjoying warm and loving conversations as a result.
3: Oh, It's really good.
2: Interesting. I'm excited about that. You book. made us feel good about you. It's been a good conversation. You, you, you practice what you
4: preach. Well, I <laughs> thank you. I mean, I am so interested in you. It's hard for me not to say, okay, Kathy, tell me about this. You know, tell me about this. I want to know about you guys. Well, you but... want to
3: hear about my Halloween costume because it, it was a good one this year.
2: Heather, excellent job, really. To... The what six conversations. I,
3: I was, wait, that, the six I was a triceratops, Heather.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah,
10: that. The, well, that. <laughs> Uncle Ryan, the
9: news. We need a watchdog. A panic room.
10: Because mortgage rates have gotten higher? But
9: the news, Uncle Ryan. It's like the British are coming. Or worse, a birthday catastrophe. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't say that word, catastrophe.
10: It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And yes, we're going heavy on the jokes to make a point. Mortgage rates are up. And no, it's not optimal for anyone. But there is another reality. Life does go on. Maybe you're ready for your first home your dream home, or maybe it's time to downsize. Life goes on. Rates have been higher in the past, and good people still need new homes. The point we want to make is,
9: if you buy a new home this year, and you don't use our direct lender, advantage, which can often save you monthly and lifelong money, along with us paying $1,000 of your closing costs, you'd be crazier than a watchdog in a panic room. See what we did there?
10: We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage court in New York, and a license number thirteen thirty.
11: That's the lady Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license two two six seven two. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable, or you simply just don't like how it works, well, right now during open enrollment is a perfect time to switch to Medishare. The typical family saves five hundred dollars a month when they join Medishare, and what's more, they like it. Medishare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to the industry. That's double. And Metashare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for 30 years. It's shared more than $4 billion in healthcare bills. And here's why now is the perfect time to make the switch. If you join MediShare Complete by January 1st, they will waive your new member fees and you'll save an additional 10% off your first year. That's right, no fee to join, 10% off every month for all of next year. But again, it's a limited time offer. So, yeah, you're not stuck. You've got a great option. Call now. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Meet Brad.
8: Brad's hard at work, or at least his website is. Ever since he added live chat with Salem Surround, Brad's customers are getting their questions answered 24-7. Website purchases have gone up 35%. Over three times more likely to buy from him again. No bots, just real people helping real people. Live chat, one of the easiest, most affordable ways Salem Surround can increase your business while you do other things or nothing at all. Ask us how at surroundpittsburgh.com.
10: Hi, I'm Kyle. And my company is blindster.com. I started Blindster in 2010 to provide custom blind shades and shutters at affordable prices. Our blinds are easy to install and shipping is free. Don't hire an expensive professional. Do it yourself and save big at Blindster.com. Listen
4: on your smart speaker at WordFM.com. The Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
7: Clear skies expected for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 38. It'll be warm tomorrow with sunshine and a few clouds. Tomorrow's high 68. Tomorrow night, we'll see a little rain from tropical rainstorm Nicole late. Until then, mainly clear and mild in the evening below 52. Friday, rain from tropical rainstorm Nicole. There can be flooding and low-lying and poor drainage areas. We'll reach a high Friday of 63. With Iraqi Weather Forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Often it feels uh, like our political process
2: is such a mess that, you know, it, it involves some gawking from people around the world, right? People are like, what What, what happens in the United States in the democratic process? Well, now, are people saying that? Oh, yeah. People look at us. You know that, cat People look at us very strangely.
3: I just didn't know if they were saying... I know they look at us strangely. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if they were looking at us strangely because of our democratic process.
2: Well, listen to this. Political Tours, based out of the UK, is a travel company that sells to foreign lands where tourists can gawk at other people's messed up electoral processes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: right, so you're going to go to another country and see how they screw up their elections?
2: Yep. this six-day U.S. tour just came to a conclusion and cost about $4,500 per person, including all accommodations, local transportation, and meals. The tour takes in a wide range of places and views, from urban Philadelphia to industrial Pennsylvania and rural Virginia, from Black Lives Matter to conservative evangelicals, from white working-class communities swept up by Trumps to liberal progressives bent on reform. In Washington, this is from their website, we look at the national picture, the pandemic, President Biden's stimulus package and soaring inflation come out of the spotlight. We'll also trace the tumultuous events that followed last elections, culminating in the storming of the Capitol. Our tour is focused on live events. So much of the itinerary is dictated by the timing of rallies and candidate appearances. They are arranged at short notice. The itinerary is adapted to make the most of these events.
3: Where do these people come from? Does it say are they around Euro- the world? Are they European? Are they Well, Asian? it's based in are the UK.
2: They- so okay. they also t- look, they, they, they've been to Finland. They've been to Israel. Uh, future trips are going to be in South Africa, the Baltics, Palestine and Lebanon.
3: OK, I just want to hear what they think of this crazy thing. Yeah, I mean, you- but it's not as crazy when I hear what goes on with the Israeli elections. Of course. The UK.
2: Right. I mean, I mean ours t- look pretty well, civil by comparison. What's
3: her name? Was, you know, prime minister for six months? 44
2: days in office. Look, anybody can make a buck here. That's, I think it's fascinating. If you have the means and you're inter- yeah. interested in politics, you, would you imagine coming and taking a bus and...
3: What are the other places they're going? What are the upcoming trips? Upcoming
2: trips are South Africa, the Baltics, Palestine, and Lebanon. Some of those places are dangerous. The Baltics, Lebanon, you'd be under armed guard. You wouldn't have to have security. Very fascinating. $4,500.
3: Okay. All I want is just a paragraph from each of them, what they thought.
2: Mm. I bet you they ask you to keep a diary. I mean,
3: seriously, wouldn't you love to read that?
2: Yes. From an outsider perspective of American democracy.
3: Coming up next, am I resting or just being lazy?
4: 101.5
9: WORD. God bless us, everyone.
5: What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for for all of next year? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details.
0: To our Merry Christmas, God bless us.
6: God bless us!
5: Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes, brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com.
12: Are you drowning in IRS tax debt?
1: I owe the IRS $37,000.
12: Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS.
7: Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't know the IRS anything.
12: Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic
9: Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free.
1: I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief.
0: Just call 800-506-5803. 800-506-5803. Don't wait. Call now. 800-506-5803. 800-506-5803. 800-506-5803.
9: Bednar's
8: Farm and Greenhouse is kicking off the holiday season, Saturday, November 19th. It's their Jingle and Mingle Open House. From 10 till 2, enjoy free cookies, coffee, and cocoa as you browse bunches of fresh and fragrant greenery, handmade wreaths, poinsettias, and more. Attend the Make and Take Workshop. Win Christmas-themed door prizes, plus games, music, a food truck, and plenty of homegrown holiday happiness. Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse. In McDonald at bednersgreenhouse.com.
9: Do you have a
3: passion for helping others? Turn it into a rewarding career at Life Steps. Life Steps is hiring caring people to make a difference in the lives of individuals with disabilities. Full-time and part-time positions available with opportunities close to home. No degree or experience necessary. Life Steps offers flexible schedules, paid training, and generous benefits. Make a difference today. Call 724-283-1010 or visit lifesteps.net. Life Steps is an equal opportunity employer.
8: Today on Hey Culligan, Reverse to Reduce. Here's Bob. Hey Culligan, I love fresh
10: water, but I got plastic bottles
8: coming out. Whoa, there. Bob, you are not kidding about the bottles, but did you know Culligan's reverse osmosis and always-on drinking water systems provide fresh, clean, delicious drinking water and help reduce the equivalent of over 15 billion plastic bottles from landfills worldwide? Holy
10: <laughs> fresh, environmentally friendly drinking water. Am I
8: right? Right, Bob. And we're already on the way. Let us help you out with free in-home water tests from a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com.
3: On Sundays after uh, church is over yeah. and uh, yeah, I work at a church in my other life and uh, I come home and on the way home from church, I have often said this to my family. I mean, by often, I mean like usually, Every weekly, Sunday. usually weekly. You are about to be shocked. You're going to be absolutely shocked at my level of inactivity. <laughs> well, you're working six like, days a week. Like you're going to prod me just to make sure I'm still breathing and with you. That's how inactive I'm going to be. So I feel fine about that on sure. Sunday. Yeah, I really sure. do. Cause Sunday morning is crazy. But if I were to do that any other day, I would feel like there's something wrong.
2: Do you get guilty if you're inactive? Yes. Like oh, you're being lazy. Yes. And so I should be doing something. Yes. All right. Well, so last Sunday, a neighbor knocked on my door. Now you know we live up on top of this hill here. Yeah, right. People Not rarely many knock people on my door. come to your door. No, but when they do, all of a sudden I hop too. So I was on the couch and I was like, you know, in deep repose. I started, <laughs> deep i repose. I started feeling very guilty, and then you know I go answer the door and, and it was it was it was kind, it was fine, but there's something about resting that makes me feel guilty, like I'm being lazy. Yeah. So is there an interaction? I don't
3: know. Well, we're going to find out because our next guest is Amy DiMarcangelo, author of A Hunger for More, Finding Satisfaction in Jesus When the Good Life Doesn't Fill You. Amy, welcome in.
12: Thanks for having me.
3: All right. So have you felt this way yourself? Lazy or
12: guilty? Oh, oh yes. Um, Yeah, this is something I battle with often in going back and forth on the pendulum of either feeling guilty about resting at all and sort of being on this exhausting treadmill of hustle or overindulging, and then I do get lazy, um, and I call it resting. (laughs) So Uh I'm usually, you know, it's a tricky thing to find that in between. Um, So that's why I wrote... uh, that's why I wrote the article for the Gospel Coalition about uh, resting versus being lazy. Because okay. I'm still trying to figure out the balance.
2: Okay, good. So I'm glad you bring up the the Gospel Coalition article because you say that rest is a gift from God, right? So we know we all know that. Mm-hmm. But then, what's it like? I mean, how do you know when you're crossing the line? I'm resting to all of a sudden I become some sloth. Yeah.
12: So I think one of them, there's a few major things we should be looking at. One is the fruit of our rest. So uh, laziness perpetuates itself. So when I am falling into actually more being lazy, then I'll be less motivated to work. I'll be less sensitive to the spirit. I'll Mm. just sort of uh, become thoughtful in in spirit, whereas I think if I'm resting in a way that's glorifying God— It refreshes me for the work that I am called to do. And it it helps me sort of take a breather and then get back to work. Uh, So I think when we look at, when we consider what's restful versus what's lazy, we want to consider the fruit of that. Like with what I'm doing, is this refreshing me and readying me back for ministry or for my work or for whatever? responsibilities, or mm-hmm. is this making me start to procrastinate and start mm-hmm. to avoid and start to, you know, get irritated at the
3: responsibilities that I have? Sounds very well. That, that sounds really good. That's actually helpful to say, okay, so what is what is this producing in me?
2: Right. But uh, the key word to mm-hmm. me is refresh. Right. You're refreshing to go back into this.
3: Right. Okay. So you brought up something mm-hmm. in your article that I have just been noticing in myself the last few months. Um, that if I, if I am do like, say it's, it's 1030 in the evening, I go to bed late. So it's 1030 in the evening. I'm done with all my stuff. And this is like me time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I oftentimes will like, say I'm going to watch a TV show or say I'm going to, you know, do some stuff on social media. Either one of those is okay if I'm concentrating on what I'm doing. But if I do them both at the same time, Mm -hmm. I, I go to bed an hour later and I'm mad at myself because I feel like I really wasted time. Yeah. Like I didn't enjoy either thing because I couldn't, Mm -hmm. I couldn't focus.
12: Yeah. I think in this, we're always trying to do two things at once. We're always trying to multitask and with rest, you can't like, you won't be refreshed. Um, if you're watching the show while you're also on social media and folding laundry, I mean, I'll fold laundry while I watch a show, but in general, I think it's really good to commit to like, okay, right now it's time for me to wind down. Like this is a time of rest. So I'm not going to be doing multiple things at once. I'm going to either really enjoy this show or really enjoy this book or, Mm. you know, whatever. I think it's important to even remember that we find different things restful. Like, I would never in a million years go garden to rest, but I know people who do. Right, right. Um, whereas I like to cook, sometimes I find that restful. There are other times I wouldn't, but there are certain days that it's like, oh, there's no rush. I can take my time, maybe make that recipe I haven't thought about making before because it's too time intensive. So I think when we when we decide to rest, we just sort of need to commit to doing it and then not feeling this half guilty, half restful, half productive thing where we're not we either aren't refreshed or productive so I think we just got to kind of choose a lane
2: that's good okay I, I'll buy that okay so what about this Catherine this is kind of comes up in, in our sort of circle of people uh, the people say I'm taking a sabbatical And people, you know, will disappear for nine months or a year. And you think, holy smokes. What I
3: wouldn't do for that. A
2: sabbatical. I mean, that that seems to me like, I get it. It's rest and recharging. But, like, it's such a long time. If I had a sabbatical, I would become, like, a a slug. Do you think you would? Maybe. I think it worries me to have that. Like, the idea of retirement also worries me. Because you think I would just do nothing. So... uh, What do you think about sabbaticals and refreshing and recharging?
12: So I am not, (laughs) Um, I feel like I know that for people in like full-time ministry, that sabbaticals can be really important for just spiritual nourishment and refreshing. Um, I think like you said, like we would need to be careful even how do you view those things? If a sabbatical is spent, in front of the tv the whole time like it's not going <laughs> to refresh your soul no no you're not going to be going back readied for ministry Yeah. so i think even a sabbatical it's going to be thinking through what is my rest like what does god want my rest to look like mm-hmm. what what things in me need refreshing right now um you know what's gonna gonna prepare me to get back in. Okay. Um, but so outside I, of like ministry context. I'm not really sure. Like I know I do need tasks because I'm so wired towards laziness when I don't have things to do that. I need to have uh, a to-do list and I need to have, um, because work is good. God created us to work. So I, I like think work. work is really essential to enjoying rest. If we're just resting, resting, resting all the time, then it, it kind of loses its whole purpose. Work is good, and then rest is to refresh us to get back to work.
3: Excellent. Amy DiMarcangelo is with us. We're talking about her article in the Gospel Coalition called Am I Resting or Just Being Lazy? Hmm.
2: That's a great title, isn't it?
3: I'm going to put uh, the title of your article next to uh, on a a text strand with my husband (laughs) as we're trying to figure out what streaming service to cancel (laughs) (laughs) because they're all going up and finally I need to get a grip on myself. But
2: Amy, you know what you're saying? To me, what makes sense is there's an intentionality in the rest because if you're intentional and you're being specific in your rest, then it will bear fruit when you start to work again. Yeah. Mm
12: hmm. Mhm yeah I think the fruitfulness is really what we want to look for and looking to Jesus as our example you know Jesus rested yeah. Jesus did so much ministry but he rested and it wasn't just sleep like he he ate long meals with his friends he like that there's there was fellowship involved too it wasn't just like a self indulgent rest it was a it was a rest where he spent time praying he spent time with friends he spent time over meals and um, just seem Jesus modeled what
3: good rest looks like. That's Amy DiMarcangelo. Check out her article in uh, the Gospel Coalition called Am I Resting or Just Being Lazy? I like it. I like it. Amy, too. you I mean, did some good work I- here. I do like resting, and I also like being lazy. But hopefully this has made all three of us a little wiser. <laughs> right.
2: We also bear some good fruit from time we to do. time. Very all nice. right, Amy,
3: good to meet you. Good Thanks job, for being Amy. here. Good job, Amy. Thanks so much. Good to meet
12: you too.
2: My pleasure. The Gospel Coalition. We look at it often. There's always wise and winsome people there as well. Amy's one of them. Okay, we'll take a quick break.
3: What are we coming up next? It could be cheaper to eat at a restaurant this Thanksgiving. Come on, listen. That's what I'll tell you about it next.
13: Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous Enjoy. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to
5: inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit Bachman's roofing.com.
8: Train up a child in the way they should go. Well,
9: Sponsored by Abby.
15: Your
0: local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love.
3: We would go, my family and I, um, to Lancaster, where my in-laws lived, oh. and we would have Thanksgiving there, and as they aged and had different health issues, they weren't able to cook for us, and so we would um, kind of eat with them where they were living, and then we would go out for hibachi, because there, was, there were very few places that were open for Thanksgiving dinner in What's that hibachi? area. It's like Japanese food.
2: You mean like at the table where the guy flips mm-hmm. all everything around? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. The- so
2: you're eating at a restaurant on Thanksgiving,
3: right? We did that for many, many years. Um, once my in-laws passed away, then we kind of had to reorient ourselves because we thought, well, we haven't done like our
2: traditional Thanksgiving in a long
3: time. So for the last two years, because of COVID, that's what we did. So this year coming up in just a couple of weeks, I'm thinking ahead and like, okay, so what what is it going to look like? Are you hosting? I am hosting. Oh. I am hosting, and on CBS News Today, they say that eating out, which is typically more costly at any time, but Especially certainly on a, ho- on a holiday, could be cheaper this year than making your Thanksgiving dinner at home. I don't want to do that. Okay, listen to this. Restaurant prices are elevated, but they are rising at a slower pace than groceries. Mm. Okay? Thanksgiving-specific food items, including eggs, flour, fruit, and vegetables, that the price of those aggregate has risen 14.9%. Wow. Okay. So expensive. Over uh, the last year, restaurant food has only gone up 5.8%. Really? So 5.8% versus 14.9%. Mm-hmm. So the cost of inflation at the grocery store is exceeding that of eating out. Also, rising commodity costs directly affect food prices at grocery stores. And you can see that jump a lot faster because restaurants are buying in bulk. And so the price increases happen over a slower time period where things can really spike in a grocery store. Sure, and so sure. you could you could see that quickly. Um, so given that some Thanksgiving dishes will cost roughly the same as at restaurants, as you as preparing them at home, some Americans may opt out to skip the hassle. huh.
2: Well, I don't want to go eat on a holiday because I don't want to make somebody work on a holiday.
3: That's the thing. I'd
2: I, I feel bad. I'd I, I, feel guilty going out and yeah. and having a meal. Yeah. Plus, I don't know. It's just a meal. Thanksgiving's about hanging out, watching football, mm-hmm. being with your family. It takes hours to hang out. So, so, so when the talk show
1: host or disc jockey is doing a shift on a holiday, do you feel guilty listening to him?
3: It's a good point. <laughs> I, I actually I sometimes, know, well, I do because I know what we do, but I also know they're probably getting time and a half. So
1: like, yeah. I anyway. do I, I do. I get your point, Gare, but- I mean, I mean, they won't close because you don't go. I so. know, but I, it just seems- It's like cancel culture in reverse.
3: I, um, <laughs> That's a good point.
2: I just don't want to go.
1: I, I would okay, feel guilty. Okay, so,
3: so when we did it for all those years, you know, the Asian community in- Lancaster, a lot of them don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Right. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like, it, you know, they didn't You're grow not, it's up. It's not they, a holiday. Right. They didn't grow up having that as a holiday. So the, the hibachi was open regardless of. Yeah, they're happy for the it's business. It's was just a Thursday night. And so, you know, we made the most out of it. But one Thanksgiving, we and the first Thanksgiving after my in laws died, we were here and we decided we were going to look for a, hib- for a hibachi because we've done that for so long.
2: Anything else? We couldn't
3: find one that was open. Uh
2: huh, good. Because they in figure Pittsburgh. probably there's yeah. such few business, you know, such little business anyway, so why bother to open up for the day? Yeah. Well I don't know. China Palace and Swickley's usually oh, have open. Have you done this on
1: Thanksgiving Gary? No, not Thanksgiving. But we have done it on some holidays. Other holidays.
3: Yeah. Well, you might want to look at the China Palace. Also, you might want to look at restaurants that are actually serving a Thanksgiving meal. You know, you can go and get your oh, turkey, your like cranberry saw, right, the whole thing. Right. Um, also, don't forget that there was a crop shortage this year that drove up prices for potatoes, onions, celery, carrots, and cranberries mm-hmm.
2: um, maybe I'm uh, acutely sensitive to it I worked on holidays as a bartender or as a waiter sure and I was like oh, I gotta go in there I gotta go in. so you give up your holiday and of course you're making okay money but still right you know you're working
3: I remember the first year I was selling carpeting
2: you're working on Thanksgiving <laughs> I
3: started I started my job at the maybe the beginning of June. And when I found out that July Fourth wasn't a holiday, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was like a big carpet holiday.
3: Do you know that it's like it's like Christmas Day? if You're selling carpeting. What?
2: Yeah. Why is the July Fourth holiday a like a huge, big carpet day?
3: It's, I don't know. It's big carpet day. So really? So yeah. So you were super busy. So you're on the not 4th allowed of July. to be off. You're not allowed to ask off for the Fourth of July. That's weird. Because well, what wh- time are you open until? Uh nine.
2: Nine. Who's going shopping for carpet on the 4th of July what? at 9
1: p.m.? It's a big
3: carpet day. You guys. <laughs>
1: that doesn't make any sense to me. I'll it put that work. on my Franklin planner. See if I can <laughs> make I'm going to buy
2: some shag carpet. All Listen, right? God bless
1: America. I'm telling you.
3: Okay, so I have already um made my first cranberry dessert dish. Have you? Yes, I did. I made a dessert? I made cranberry cake. Mm. And it was so good, I made it twice.
2: Wait, this is not for Thanksgiving, is it? Well, it's a,
3: it's a, it's a practice run. It's a practice run. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. mm -hmm. It's a recipe I saw online and I thought, well, I should give it a try and I don't want to give it a try on Thanksgiving. You've had two
2: cakes already?
3: Two cakes, two cranberry cakes.
2: By the time the third one comes around, you'll be uh, needing those little exercise of pants. I might. It's a good, yeah.
3: I got to be honest. It's Mm. delicious. I like
2: cranberry. Are you doing traditional cranberry or are you doing the canned cranberry?
3: No, traditional. Some I don't like, like the can. I know, but I don't like the can. With the
2: little rings in it. I don't like this. Slice I don't,
3: that That shaky thing? I don't, I don't mind that's that. That's weird.
2: But the traditional, of course, is superior. I like it better. But there's something, you know, sentimental about the stuff in a can. It,
3: to me, it seems like there's something wrong there. No. Oh. Have you seen the commercial with the shaky people?
2: No. It's
1: it's
4: creepy. Creepy. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, In and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM,
6: Pittsburgh. Minvestments.com.
1: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Voting is over, but the counting of those ballots continues in the race for control of the Senate. Republicans lead 49 to 48, but three U.S. races are undecided. 51 are needed for a majority. Georgia will head to a December 6th runoff as no U.S. Senate candidate reached the majority. Neither Democratic incumbent Raphael Warnock or his Republican challenger Herschel Walker garnered at least 50% of the vote. This voter says she will vote for Walker again.
12: I love that Herschel Walker is for God and for Georgia, and he represents a lot of good, and he's doing this job because he cares about us.
1: Some house races still also undecided. Tropical storm Nicole has made landfall in the Bahamas and now will head towards Florida's east coast. This is S R N U.
9: With the holidays right around the corner, you may be preparing your home to host family and friends. Make sure that your guests are comfortable and get an excellent night's sleep by furnishing your guest room with a high-quality hand-built mattress from the Original Mattress Factory. You and your guests will be well-rested and ready to focus on what really matters, making memories and enjoying each other's company. Stop by the Original Mattress Factory and give your family and friends the gift of a good night's sleep at a factory-direct price. OriginalMattress.com Your wallet is taking
6: the heat everywhere, from the gas pump to the grocery store. At the Original Mattress Factory, we know that when you're shopping for a new mattress, your dollar needs to go further. That's why we have been offering a factory direct value on our hand-built mattresses for more than 30 years. We believe you deserve a high quality mattress at the best possible price. So we've cut out the middleman and sell our mattresses directly to you. When you need your dollar to go further,
15: Come to the Original Mattress Factory first. Charlie Dombeck here from Key City Capital. As a practicing CPA for nearly 30 years, I have found that 80% of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors, taxes and investment performance. At Key City Capital, we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternatives like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We are a sponsor of passive, affordable, single and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt, landlord-friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value, protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me. At keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817 912. One five six nine. To you, my love, my heart, I surrender
12: surrender Just as soon as I deal with Yonder Fender Bender Cause my ice cream
13: truck truck is the way I make cash So I'll buy you a ring when I lose this dress rash
8: Owning a small business isn't always as lovely as it sounds But at least Progressive Commercial saves you money with personalized discounts Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com I'm gonna make you so happy Sometime next next year, I hope. hope progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates coverage and discounts not available for all vehicles or
15: states policy terms and conditions apply
8: meet brad brad's hard at work or at least his website is ever since he added live chat with salem surround brad's customers are getting their questions answered 24 7 website purchases have gone up 35 percent, and they're over three times more likely to buy from him again no bots just real people helping real people Live chat, one of the easiest, most affordable ways Salem Surround can increase your business while you do other things or nothing at all.
7: Ask us how at surroundpittsburgh.com. Clear skies expected for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of thirty-eight. It'll be warm tomorrow with sunshine and a few clouds. Tomorrow's high sixty-eight. Tomorrow night we'll see a little rain from tropical rainstorm Nicole late. Until then, mainly clear and mild in the evening, below fifty-two. Friday, rain from tropical rainstorm Nicole. There can be flooding in low lying and poor drainage areas. We'll reach a high Friday of sixty-three. With your AccuWeather Weather Forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
1: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John
2: Hall and Kathy Emmons. Thankfully, the midterm elections are over, at least in spirit. Some of, you know, of course, hanging out there because the margin of victory was so close. Mm -hmm. But um, you saw this coming if you're following state politics at all. But uh, PA Representative Tony DeLuca who sadly passed away October 9th after a brief battle with lymphoma. Uh, He was 85 and he was reelected. So PA voters from Penn Hills, Tony DeLuca was reelected. He was the longest serving state rep, according to the post-gazette. And so, um, There was a statement. While we are incredibly saddened by the loss of Representative Tony DeLuca, we are proud to see the voters to continue to show their confidence in him and his commitment to the Democratic values by re-electing him posthumously. A special election will follow soon, uh, says the uh, PA House Democrats in a tweet uh, yesterday evening.
3: I mean, that makes
2: you hear this all the time, right? It's someone who, I mean, he's been doing this probably since the 70s. Yeah, right. I know. Long, long, long time. Right. Local politics in Penn Hills for a long time before he ascended into state politics. I mean,
3: does it say there, and perhaps you said it and I wasn't listening, how many years he served? How many years? Um, I mean, I was like I, I want to say it was close to forty. Well Am I he right lived about in Penn
2: Hills. That? He lived in Penn Hills for sixty years. He got his start serving on the Penn Hills Government Study Commission, five years as a Penn Hills councilman, two years as Penn Hills Deputy Mayor Deputy Mayor, running before running for his legislative seat and defeating a Republican incumbent. They don't say what year that was, but many, many decades. It was a long time. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm yeah, sorry that that. Uh, it don't was a long that. time. Eighty-five years old.
3: Okay, so it's the morning after. We had a feeling that we wouldn't know a lot of things. I expected we might not know. Oz Fetterman it turned out that mm-hmm. you know I stayed up until uh, one forty in the morning and was able to. I thought it would be, that before I went to bed, like
2: you said, this morning or later. Right? It was. Right. It was so thin.
3: Yeah, it wasn't actually that thin. I mean, it was thin, but it wasn't as thin as it could have been. Um, However, control of the U.S. Senate is still a toss-up. Democrats have 48 seats. Republicans have 49 seats. Four races yet to be called. The Georgia race, we're going to do a runoff in December between Warnock and Herschel Walker because neither one of them got 50%. Uh, Nevada's a toss-up. Arizona's a toss-up. Um, Alaska is still not called, and I think Alaska is not called because there's so it's it takes a long time to get
2: all the ballots from, from all the some, different right, yeah, right right exactly. How about the Warnock Herschel Walker? That Herschel Walker. I'm sorry. Are you, I know. Seriously, I mean.
3: I know. So I'm pro-life, but I you know paid for. Sh- I mean, sh- get out of here. Sh- 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 uh, politics is a it's, uh, no, it's strange bedfellow. That's, bedfellows, that's isn't grimy, it? isn't it?
2: Very much so. Oh, man. Really, it that's is. Really
3: rough. I mean, anyway, we'll see how that turns out. But since uh, Republicans lost Pat Toomey right. uh, due to his leaving the Senate, and Pat's replaced now by John Fetterman, so they lose a red mm-hmm. uh, in the Senate, they're going to be looking for whatever they can get. And so, if you know if they're able to get Herschel Walker, they'll be glad for it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Very strange.
3: Anyway, um, uh, In different news today, it was a beautiful, bright and sunny day, and so I know this doesn't matter to a whole lot of people, but I'm going to say it anyway. I wrapped up my porch furniture today.
2: What do you mean you wrapped it up?
3: I mean, you know, I wrap it up for the winter. You know, I cover it. I cover it. I did the whole thing. So goodbye Mm -hmm. to the porch. The porch is over. No porch sitting. Mm -mm. No porch.
2: Do you? I leave like a chair or two out. Don't you?
3: I took no because I don't want to ruin my furniture.
2: Well, I mean, maybe not not one of your main chairs. I like to have an auxiliary chair or two because you I, know there's those. I don't think moments. I have an auxiliary. Really chair. do I do? Because there are moments we kind of go, I want to go sit outside. Doesn't matter yeah, if it's like okay. you know, and just be outside for really a little bit. I don't
3: really think that in the winter. Really? I don't ever think. I think I'd like to go sit outside.
2: I was thinking about buying one of those little sort of uh, patio, you know, torches.
3: Oh, I just read an article just yesterday about how dangerous they are. Oh, come on. I'm
2: concerned for you. No, what do you mean? I'm
3: just saying it.
2: The electric ones yep. or the propane ones? The electric ones? ones. I saw the same article. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I, I get house, don't you get housebound? I want to sit outside. Not in the
3: winter, I really oh,
2: don't. No, I do. I'm like cabin fever. Get me out of this house. Okay. So I'd like to be outside for a little bit so I see Doesn't go, you know, maybe so, right?
3: Gary, you have one of those? One of those? Sit outside? You know.
2: You want to, you want to sit outside and have, you,
3: you know, know. the ones they put at restaurants a little when breather. you're eating out on the patio and yeah. it's a little chilly?
1: Uh, no, we bring it in. We bring the furniture in. You do. But you don't My want to sit outside. My wife brings the cushions in and out depending on rain or not. Right, oh, right. My wife right.
2: does the same thing. But it's right, a
1: wicker, right. I think, kind of. Retain- I don't know what yeah, that is. Yeah, but it's
2: weather resistant at some. Way.
1: Yeah, without the cushions on it. But
2: it? like in the wintertime, don't you get don't you get a cabin fever? I want to be outside. Well, a there's bit. a there's
1: a bench outside uh, that I stays see. outside all the time. Oh,
3: that's his auxiliary seating. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, a wooden kind of. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, the
3: oh, house can he, get a little tense. So everybody has auxiliary seating, but yeah, me. Yeah. That's where we are. I
2: mean, every guy needs like a little safe space. I'm going to go sit in out. Get a card.
1: A card table chair.
3: Mm -hmm. Oh, a little folding thing. Yeah,
1: the one you put out by the street to mark your parking place. That's nice.
3: The one I got at Sam's Club. Pittsburgh chair. My
2: my old neighbor, he he had a little spot out there. He would sit in a folding chair and then he had like a little Maxwell House can where he would put his cigarette butts. And when you saw him sitting out there, you think (laughs) it was tough out there. Tough in the house there. Yeah.
13: Oh, God.
3: Coming up next, enjoying the Bible. Is poetry in the Bible? different than narrative in the Bible, different than prophecy in the Bible? How is knowing what you're reading impacting what you're reading? Coming up next, Matthew Mullen. Stay with us. Wednesday edition of The Ride Home.
4: 101.5 WORD.
6: Gather around because it is present time.
5: It's that gift giving time of the year, and we're giving one that will keep on giving all year long. We could be paying your rent or mortgage for all of next year if you're the winner of the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes.
12: You want to come open an early Christmas present?
5: You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes, brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com slash
8: contest.
2: You've all helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today. And now Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. It's John Hall. Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bedsheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The Giza bed sheets are marked down as low as $29.99. And believe me when I say you'll get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retails at $89.98, now just $39.98 with promo code WORD. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954, use the promo code WORD, or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets.
3: I love seeing the transformation of a smile.
8: There's a reason patients love Dr. Megan Stock. Voted Pittsburgh Trib's best of the best dentist in northern Allegheny County for the second year in a row.
3: You don't have to do full mouth rehabilitation to really transform a patient's life. For a patient to be able to smile confidently and be happy with their own smile.
8: Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. As believers, we're to be grateful always in all circumstances. Sometimes, though, we focus too much on what we lack. Well, the book The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks is written to help us adjust our perspective. It's full of practical tips for establishing a routine of gratitude. You'll learn how to appreciate God's goodness even through disappointment. Request your copy at truthforlife.org/donate. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry where warriors are made at ourpcs.org.
2: Lately, I've been listening to the audio version of the Bible. Now, in all the years I've been reading the Bible, I've I've never done this. But uh, Kath and I were talking about reading, you know, about about audio books. My wife, she consumes one audio book after another. And to to hear something is, I think, different than reading something. It does something to you differently um, psychologically, intellectually, emotionally. So when I found myself listening to an audio version of the Bible, there are many times, depending upon the passage and the reader and the style, I find myself moved to tears where as I'm reading the Bible, I have a different emotional connection to it.
3: Hmm. And same I, passage.
2: Same passage. And I, I don't necessarily know what that means. That's why when we saw Matthew Mullins in his new book, Enjoying the Bible, Literary Approaches to Loving the Scriptures, it struck a chord with us. Matthew's with us right now to talk about Enjoying the Bible. Matthew, welcome to the show.
14: Hey, John and Kathy. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. So
3: when you open a book, uh, let's say not the Bible, uh, any book, knowing what kind of book you're opening makes a difference in how you read it. Right. So if I, I I've shared this multiple times on the air over the years, I have hated poetry my whole life. Um, I never felt like I had enough time for it. I felt like it made me. I felt like it was <laughs> forcing me to sit down. And that was bothersome to me. Not that I would like I sit down and watch Netflix. And you for love some to reason read, that's though. Fine. Listen, I'm telling you. So when I met John Matthew, he was so appalled by that. He was like, how could you possibly be a person that doesn't understand and enjoy poetry? And that's what you want. You want to be shamed into reading poetry. Which is what happened. So he shamed me into reading poetry. And then he got like all these, you know, people who I really respect to come on the air and talk about how great poetry is. And Karen, you know, Swallow Pryor came on here and read me, you know, all her poems. And James Smith came on and read all his poems. Andy Crouch came and read all his poems. Anyway... So now I love poetry, Misha. Now Misha, right? Misha Willett now reads all his poetry. Now I love poetry, so I feel I take that as a win. So that that's a personal growth for me. But when I just got a book of poetry over the weekend, I know what I'm. I know what I'm getting when I'm opening that book, different than if I'm going on Wikipedia. So um, Matt, talk about how that fits into your concept of this book, and how when you hold the Bible, what does that mean to you?
14: When What I found in teaching, especially college students, but even in church and even teaching myself to read different kinds of books, was that I had the same experience as you, Kathy. Like, I pick up a book of poems, and I understand I have to do something different than when I log on to to Wikipedia or I'm reading the Wall Street Journal or whatever. But then I would pick up the Bible and find myself reading everything between the covers of the Bible as if it were all the same thing. And I think that's because many Christians, myself included, have an understanding of the Bible that it's written to provide only one very specific kind of instruction, namely like you should do this kind of thing and not do this kind of thing. You should think this kind of thing and don't think that kind of thing. So we take that approach to everything from an epistle to the church in Rome all the way back to Psalm 23, but those are two very different kinds of books, just like, you know, a novel or a work of nonfiction are very different from a book of poems or from a play. And so I was trying to write this book to myself, to my students, to other Christians who actually want to enjoy the Bible, like they enjoy those other kinds of books, as a a set of approaches to help us think about the Bible differently than just that kind of one-size-fits-all mental instruction.
2: Okay. So that's great. So then Matt, is that, did you find a key, I mean, uh, in reading about you, I know that your father, you know, he was, he was a deep man, a theologian. Did you sit around and read the Bible out loud with your family? Was that, was that part of your, you know, sort of, you know, worship experience?
14: You know, I don't have a lot of memories of like my entire family getting together and reading aloud, but from a very young age, I would come downstairs and see one of my parents. Uh, at the kitchen table in the morning, reading uh, their Bible. And so, and and I learned that at church from a very young age, I was fortunate to have a great Bible-believing, Bible-loving church growing up. And so that was just in the air I breathed from a very young age. Like, hey, reading the Bible is a part of every Christian's life. Reading aloud for me, when it comes to the Bible, didn't come along until much later. Mm,
3: Okay. Mm. What about... um... I feel like we are a little instruction book happy right now. Uh, and maybe that's because John and I have to spend a lot of time on Twitter. And so whatever the, you know, you're laughing because you know it, because it's like the, whatever the argument of the day is, right? So either we're talking about gender roles or we're talking about, you know, how women function in the church, or we're talking about polity or ecclesia, whatever it is, it's a big thing. So, um, I think it tends to make people who are outside the church think that we're just moralizers. We're just taking an instruction book and trying to like salute and say, yes, we are. But I think even worse than that, it makes us in the church think that, that that's what the Bible's for.
14: Yeah, I think it gives us a posture that we have all answers and no questions. But the Bible is filled with paradoxes and complexities and difficulties, some of which are just there because the distance of time and space. But others, I think, are actually designed. They're there by design. You know, where we're told that we're strong when we're weak, you know, or that the rich are poor and the poor are rich. these are things that are not easily resolvable. And I think they're woven into the Bible. To purposefully make us have to stop and wrestle and grapple, and it's what you were describing earlier, Kathy, a lot of us are frustrated reading poems because they do force us to slow down. And I think much of the Bible is written with those kinds of complexities to force us to slow down so that we actually have to spend time communing with God.
2: Imagine. Right, okay. So so I'm glad you brought this up because you know you talk about this in enjoying the Bible that it is contemplative reading, right? And so when you say contemplative, I think probably to a, a lot of Christians, they get a little freaked out and they think well this is like a monk or something like that. So t- talk about how you approach contemplative reading and in, in, in that process and what it may do to you.
14: Yeah, it doesn't have to necessarily be something extremely slow. You know, when you're reading a narrative like one of the Gospels or even just a couple of chapters in one of the Gospels, it's not that you have to stop and read every word 15 times or something. I mean, a story will pull you along very differently than, than a poem, which might make you slow down a little bit. But when I talk about reading contemplatively, all I'm talking about is not sitting down to the book thinking that my goal right now is to get the main idea so that i can close the book and go on to the next thing i have to do right that's that's the most basic sense of what i mean is not approaching the bible by saying okay how how soon can i close it
3: mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay yeah right Which and, is that, how a lot of people and that's approach a it. sad thing but just being honest that that's the way we approach it like i'll just be honest with you last night was election night and uh Of course, I had vowed that I was not going to turn on the TV until twelve thirty in the morning because I was not going to be one of those people that gets sucked into watching like CNN, Fox, MSNBC, C-SPAN, and then go back and do the same thing. So I, um, I was going to sit down and watch something on TV. Except I thought, oh no, no, I haven't read anything. I haven't, you know, I, I haven't read anything in Scripture today. So I grabbed, I went to grab my Bible, but. I ended up, it's such a long story, I spilled my drink, I was like, then my Bible was wet, and then I had to let it dry out. So anyway, I ended so up horrible. pulling out my phone. That's horrible. Listen, I pull out my phone, and I'm reading Isaiah, right? So I'm re- and as I'm reading it on my phone, all I'm thinking of, Matt, and I'm just trying to be honest about who I am, is I can't wait for this to be over. Oh, and it's just another, I, I, I know it's horrible, but it's another box I have to check. Do you know what I mean? Right. So... Anyway, I I, I hate to to admit that, but I don't want it to be that way. But it it was that way.
2: Okay, so then, Matt, you've written a book, Enjoying the Bible. What what are the principles that we have? If we want to know God, of course, you know, here we are. We're on Christian radio. You say you're a believer in Jesus. I want to know God. I want to love God. I want to enjoy my time with him. How do I enjoy the basics, the very basics of what it is to read the Bible?
14: One of the most... Uh, basic approach to the basics I can give you is something I learned from a, a scholar at Baylor named Alan Jacobs. And he's talking very broadly about just reading in general, and he encourages people to read it whim. So I kind of took that idea and said, well, what if we read the Bible like that instead of thinking about it as sitting down to eat my vegetables, you know, right now? Uh, what if I would like to watch a show on Netflix or I'd like to read, you know, a story, something that's plot driven? Yeah. And so I sit down and I read, you know, First Samuel, or I pick up one of the Gospels, or I turn to the end of Acts, where the action, they're on the ship, and there's a shipwreck and all this, you know, wild stuff going on. So one of the, the things that you can do is think about all the different kinds of books that are contained in between the covers of this thing we call the Bible, and kind of read the kind of thing that you just feel like reading sometimes. If you want to read a story, read a story. If you want to read some, uh, you know, kind of more historical stuff, you want to learn something about the nation of Israel. Wow, well, go read Chronicles or something like that. You want to slow down? You want to listen to music or whatever? Go read some Psalms or go read one of the prophets. If you want to be really freaked out for a minute and shocked, go read Revelation and get shocked for a minute.
2: That's good. Yeah. Okay, so good. So as I'm reading, enjoying the Bible, you talk early on, Matt, about. Uh, you're playing music. I mean, you're playing some Al Green while you're doing, you know, the inspiration for the Bible. Talk about that. I mean, because uh, oftentimes people think that they have to sort of be, you know, very quiet while they're reading the Bible. I like the idea of some Al Green background music.
14: Yeah, the, I, I talk about and I have a little playlist in the preface to the book. So if you pick up the preface, you can listen to what I was listening to uh, while I was uh, writing this book. But the idea there is that, especially when it comes to the poetry of the Bible, Listening to music is a really good analog uh, because there's more to understanding a song than just um, assenting to or intellectually grasping the lyrics. We know Al Green is talking about love and heartbreak and what it means to stay with someone for a long period of time, but he's not only talking about that. The sound of his voice, the arrangement of the instruments, the rise and fall of the song is trying to embody in musical form, that feeling of commitment and faithfulness and love and all good poems and a lot of good like prose literature is like that. And so if you can learn that, hey, to understand a song is not just to grasp the lyrics intellectually, but to feel it in the way that you look at a friend when we got a new song that you really love, you're like, oh, you'll love this song, you gotta hear it. And you play it for them and they look at you like, yeah, you know, it's that's cool, it's fine. And you're like, no, no, on, no, then. right? You don't understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you don't understand the song. Meaning, like, if you got it the way I got it, you would feel about it, the way I feel about it. And there is a kind of understanding uh, or a dimension to understanding uh, that works with uh reading the Bible in the exact same way. And sometimes I get Psalm 23 and I really experience what it's like to have God as a shepherd and a guide and a father. And other times when I read it, it's just it doesn't click that day for whatever reason and Mm -hmm. that's part of our understanding
3: that's good and that's the same way it works with music it's the same way it works with art yeah right like you can go uh, we i've been to the carnegie museum here in pittsburgh i don't know how many times but each time some usually something different ends up kind of pops out attracting me yeah right or I don't know if speaking to me sounds like too mystical or whatever. I'm not, but it's just different because you're different each day. Yeah. All right. So what about poetry? Um, So if people are listening and they were like me and they're like, poetry is not my thing. um, What would help them? Uh, what would help me to go into a book of poetry in the Bible and get it a little more?
14: That's a great question. So the first, I give like kind of a little, a three-step process to this that I think is really helpful, I would start with something that's really familiar. Like I would start with something like Psalm 23, hmm. because that's probably a poem that many people are familiar with. Sure. And one of the things I encourage people to do is to sit down with a few verses and just kind of, you can write them out or just try to re-say them in your own words, just to kind of get a general sense of what the poem is about. And then once you've done that, you'll notice that in a poem, usually there is some type of central emotion. And when you read Psalm 23, you begin to see that the central emotion of that poem has something to do with, like, comfort or assurance. Now, people will get nervous and they'll say, well, if you're talking about my emotions, are you just saying that the Bible means whatever it means to me or whatever I feel? And I would say, no, but you actually need that feeling to understand the verses. If you read Mm -hmm. that psalm, you see it's not about fury and anger. It's just not. Right. So you might say assurance. I might say comfort, but we're going to be in the ballpark. And once you get that general sense, you can start paying attention to how the psalmist evokes that emotion by using something like, you know, a metaphor, God as shepherd. So just get the general idea, see if you can identify a central emotion and then start Mm. paying attention to the words on the page. How does that emotion get evoked in you?
3: And how is that different than a story or how is that different than one of Paul's letters?
14: you know, it's a little different than a story in that uh, not all poems have plots. Stories tend to have plots. Poems can usually be organized around an emotion, even if there's no plot there. And you can understand the the poem by grasping not only the ideas there, like God is comfort, but also by experiencing the emotion of comfort. Whereas in, in a Pauline epistle, sometimes he'll use poetic language too. You know, we are a body. Well, of course we're not a body. That's a, that's a metaphor to help us understand one another. But what we're aiming at there is the idea, unity and diversity. And once you get the idea, you've kind of understood what he's arguing. But with a poem, you don't really get it until you're also feeling that comfort, feeling that assurance like in the example of Psalm 23.
2: Hmm, good. We're talking with Matthew Mullins about enjoying the Bible. Okay, so Matthew, I I, I kind of want to end where I started. Uh, is it, is it cheating to listen to an audio Bible? Is, is there a difference between reading? I mean, do you do this?
14: Absolutely not cheating. John, you should do it as much as possible. Listen to as many different versions as you can. Okay. We've all had the experience of being in church or being in Sunday school or being in Bible study or being in class and hearing a text read aloud that we've heard a thousand times before, <laughs> maybe even read aloud. And all of a sudden it clicks in a new way, something about where we were in life, something maybe about the emphasis with which the reader read the text. Mm. But there is a kind of a hearing knowledge that a lot of poets talk about that helps us understand what we're doing. I would encourage anyone, you know, listen to any book, audio book.
3: Fabulous.
2: This is good Matt, stuff. This Matthew. has been super fun. Yeah, you're excellent. This is, I really, really love this. Really a key thing for us to know.
3: Yeah, the new book is called Enjoying the Bible Literary Approaches to Loving the Scriptures. You've got to check this out. Matt, thanks for being with us.
14: Thank you all so much.
2: Very very
3: excited about this new work of yours.
2: Matthew Mullins, Enjoying the Bible. That's really cool.
3: And look, on the back of the book, Karen Swallow Pryor and James K. Smith. They're the two people that talked me into poems.
2: Thanks, Matthew. Thank you all. Nothing in this world beats real-life experience. Now, of course, a lot of us have sent our kids to college. There's a lot of classroom work and theory and whatnot. But then, hopefully, there's a day where the rubber hits the road Mm -hmm. and your kid goes out and spreads wings and becomes part of the real life environment of what it is to earn a living.
3: And prior to that, the internship is what gets you ready, right? That's the time when you're like kind of in the work world, but not fully in the work world, right? And you're kind of trying to test your wings and ask the questions and
2: get some guidance
3: and maybe perform well enough that you could get somebody's attention later on and maybe get a job.
2: Right now at grove city college the opportunity for internships exists Mm -hmm. and people cement themselves inside of a a corporation and once you graduate then i mean the possibilities are endless on campus people come to grove city and go we know the nature the quality Mm -hmm. of these students this is an a plus we're invested in these students because we see what you produce count us in as corporate partners
3: So if that sounds interesting to you or something that might be appealing and a great thing for your child to strive for, consider Grove City College. Look them up online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City
0: College
4: we are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.
5: There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it, bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns, and that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there we are broadcasters visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more furnished by nab and this station
7: Clear skies expected for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 38. It'll be warm tomorrow with sunshine and a few clouds. Tomorrow's high 68. Tomorrow night, we'll see a little rain from tropical rainstorm Nicole late. Until then, mainly clear and mild in the evening, below 52. Friday, rain from tropical rainstorm Nicole. There can be flooding in low-lying and poor drainage areas. We'll reach a high Friday of 63. With Iraqi Weather Forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
3: Does this make sense?
2: Does what make sense?
3: Old candy, like Necco wafers, Pixie sticks, uh, Zots, uh, clove gum.
2: Okay, so you mean like the candy itself is old? No, I don't
3: know. I don't. I don't mean it was sat on the shelf too That's long. That's what I was thinking. It no, for.
2: like what? It's all stale. No.
3: I just mean not what we just did at Halloween. It's not
2: throwback. Three
3: Musketeers. It's not mm-hmm. you know a Kit Kat.
2: Yeah, old candy.
3: Yeah, it's it's bazooka. It's taffy.
2: Makes perfect sense. It's
3: the Fifth Avenue Bar.
2: I am big on sentimental candy. Yeah,
3: it's Lemonheads.
2: Mm, yeah, I love that stuff. Take me back. I mean, there are stores. Their whole inventory is based on old candy. What's I the- was I was there today. Oh, you were. I was. I love that stuff.
3: I was at the one on uh, Penn Avenue. Yeah, stretch. yeah.
2: Did you buy anything?
3: No, I didn't. Oh, but I thought of buying several things.
2: Yeah, like a lemon head.
3: Yeah, and I saw Zots, which is a terrible candy.
2: Necco wafers. Yeah, but you still see Necco wafers around.
3: You do, but do you ever see the total chocolate roll?
2: No. Yep, I oh, saw that very today. Specific.
3: All chocolate Necco wafers.
2: I told you, growing up as a Catholic schoolboy practicing for first communion. Necco wafers was the only approved candy because we used the Necco wafer as the host. I thought I died and gone to heaven. <laughs> the sisters allowed us to have candy. So old candy, old yeah. sentimental candy. That makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. Does it make sense to you?
3: I couldn't believe how much sense it made to me today when I was in there. Do you might- know why? It's so delightfully analog. Mm-hmm. Like it's so... It's non-digital in every way. I love In it. how it looks, in how it tastes, in how it feel, how the box feels. Everything about it is not tw- 2022. Clove it's gum. everything. It's like your grandma. Tea Might berry. Be, yeah.
2: T- tea berry cinnamon gum. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Fabulous.
3: Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you think it makes sense candy. because I also think it does make sense.
2: All right. This is more practical. Does this make sense?
3: Does this make sense?
2: Shelf paper.
3: I just found, I just got shelf paper today. Do
2: you yeah. use shelf paper? Cause well, some people don't use shelf paper.
3: I'm of two minds. I found it in my basement. I put it aside. I'm not sure if I'm going to use it or not.
2: You don't use it at all? You've never used shelf I paper? I don't
3: usually use it. What do you think?
2: I think it makes sense. Cause you know, you, your cupboards get dirty. Well so you could th- clean them. Well yeah, but the shelf paper is kind of like a hedge of protection. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you think it is?
2: I think it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, if it's good shelf paper, all you got to do is wipe it down, bing, 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 you're good to go. Right.
3: But can't you just wipe down your cabinet?
2: Yeah, but, but also shelf paper is colorful, right? Makes sense. Makes sense.
4: 101.5 Word FM, WORD. Sin can
0: trip up even the most stalwart believer. How do we strengthen ourselves against temptation? Pastor Greg Laurie addresses that question this week on A New Beginning.
5: And he'll begin a series on happiness and how we can have it. Tune in for the encouragement this week on A New Beginning. A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, weekday mornings at
10: 1030 on WORD. Trish heard one of our radio ads recently and gave us a yell. Ryan, she said, I keep hearing that mortgage interest rates are annoyingly up, but I'll keep it real. I'm struggling with bills, I haven't taken a vacation in years, and my back patio looks like Godzilla visited. And then, I keep hearing how much home values have gone up. Would it be wrong to pull that new cash out of my home to use for this stuff? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And yes, rates are annoyingly up. And so for some, it could be wrong to do a cash-out refinance. But for others, the recent home value rush is still a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Trish eliminated her credit card debt, turned the backyard into an oasis, and kept some money back for a vacation and rainy days. And her plan is when these annoying rates settle back down, she'll refinance then to lower the rate. If you're curious what a cash out refinance would look like for you,
9: we are United, United Faith Mortgage.
10: Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, in New York. and number
5: 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672.
9: I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now.
8: The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives.
9: We carry with us more than the academics, but a strong, Christ-centered foundation. I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life.
8: Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. You could sail the Mediterranean with Bible teacher Alistair Begg, August of 2023,
5: stopping at several locations the Apostle Paul visited on his missionary journeys.
11: Together we'll have the opportunity to visit ancient churches, museums, fortresses, and stroll some of the most beautiful avenues in the world.
5: For details, log on to deeperfaithcruise.com or call 855-565-5519. 855-565-5519.
15: Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to your retirement blueprint with accurate solutions group investment advisory services offered through ASG investment management, LLC.
2: The biggest waste of time we regret when we get older.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. Is this what you, something you've been thinking of? Oh
2: uh, don't, don't you think about your regrets? Do you think about your regrets in your life?
3: I mean, I I have thought of them. I don't don't, like ruminate on them.
2: One time my dad was dying. My dad was dying. You know, when your parents are dying, you have these conversations. You know, my dad, dad, what do you regret? (laughs) (laughs) My dad, I love him. He said to me,
3: you know what I regret?
2: (laughs) What's that? I never bought a new car.
3: Isn't that funny?
2: i like, what? That's the what the thing you regret? He goes, yeah. He goes, you know, I always wanted to smell that new car smell. Of course, you know, with us, we never had new cars. Right, of you course. Know, there was never any new car smell. But when that was my dad's regret, you know? It
3: could be a lot worse. could people be a have, lot worse. People have a lot more violent regrets
9: Heck than that. Heck yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, okay, so uh, this is kind of a, a, a mix mash. I, I saw this at uh, Get Pocket. So uh, some people say... This is just sort of a non-scientific study of people's regrets. Okay. Not asking for help.
3: Oh, man. That's really... That is so true. Mm-hmm. You have to come out of yourself and enough to ask. And a lot of people just don't do that. I'm yeah, s- a lot of people don't do that.
2: My kids... Don't do that. They will not ask for help. Like at school, like with, you know. It, it,
3: yeah, go to the teacher. The and, advisor. Right, go go ask for go, help. Go to your professor and say, I don't understand this.
2: And I, I think it's a combination of for a lot of people not asking for help is it's awkward. It's fearful. It's maybe shameful. And you're af- afraid to look incompetent, maybe.
3: Yeah. And I, I think there's this feeling, I should know this already.
2: I'm big on asking for help. Oh,
3: my gosh. I am, too. But I I think that comes with maturity.
2: I I don't know if it does or not. I just think...
3: Maybe because in my life it came with maturity, because when I was a young person, I had a terrible time asking, just being honest with somebody and saying, I don't understand this. Yeah, that really really retarded my musical growth in particular. That you wouldn't ask for help, really? Because I always felt like if I was asking a question... A musical than- question that it was giving away the fact that I should have learned it earlier. Which maybe oh, I right, should have should. learned it so earlier. So there was a little shame there. So there was always shame. And so, and I probably should have learned it earlier, but it wouldn't have been that big of a deal to just say I never help learned it. Help me this. out here.
2: Just
1: help me but out. But yeah,
3: I would I would be so much further along musically if I would have done that as a kid. Interesting.
2: I, I always think, you know, because I haven't had a big family of all these brothers and sisters, I always ask for help. I'm clueless, you know. And so your other brothers and sisters, for me, it was like they had already been there. They did that. Mm. So it was easy for me to kind of go, how's this work? What's this mean? I don't know. Plus,
3: they're they're kind of your peers, right? That's easier than asking a teacher or a a coach or something like that.
2: Right. It was kind of built in. So, you know, especially having a big brother who's six years older, you're going to go, this guy knows. Yeah. yeah, So ask for help. Okay. Um, Biggest regrets. Trying to make bad relationships work.
3: Oh. oh, it's the most exhausting thing in the world. I mean,
2: there's a lot of emotion yep. in romance or friendships yep. and it's hard to tell when you should keep on trying or when you should just cut bait.
3: Yep. This isn't working. And I'm
2: not I'm not espousing divorce here by no. any stretch of the imagination. Not at but all. anybody you know, everybody's had relationships, you kinda go, What I, I worked at that or you know, I tried to What was that all about? That was stupid of me. I should have just been done with it.
3: I almost married somebody else before I met my husband. And it was just so, it was one of those relationships that was agonizingly difficult all the time. For you? For both of us. For him too? Uh Uh-huh. Just difficult all the time. We were always fighting. (sighs) There was always an argument about something. Always, always, always. But
2: you thought you were going to marry the guy? Yeah. Seeing that funny look look how different your life would have been.
3: I think about that probably every day. Really? Seriously, every day. My life would be totally different. I would be totally different. Of
2: course.
1: <laughs> uh, so you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> exactly.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, how many therapist offices are filled with that conversation, trying yep. to make this relationship work, yep. or it didn't work, and I have regrets and sorrow because I couldn't after all this time? Yep. Okay. Um, the biggest waste of time, the regrets we get as we get older, dwelling on your mistakes and shortcomings.
3: Do you know anything about that, John? Are you
2: kidding me? I You're... live the gospel of dwelling on my mistakes and shortcomings. I know. And I don't know what that means about, what that says about me, but there's something that I just... Like you think about that relationship thing that you could have. I do this all the time. And I go, why Why would I even bother to think about it? It's like years in the past for the most part. But there I am, like, you know, dissecting it, thinking about it. I mean, sometimes last thing at night, first thing in the morning, there it is in front of me. And I go, are you not okay? Have you not done okay here?
3: Yeah but you're still thinking about that thing you should have done. I'm thinking or... about
2: New York City in 1985, standing out at 1501 <laughs> Broadway, wishing I would have done this differently, so that would have changed and then that that would have happened and I would have done this. And I can I can yeah. see myself standing there doing this thing.
3: Well, isn't that isn't that endemic to performing? If you're a performer,
6: <laughs> that I guess that's what it is. I,
3: because I, so much of performing regardless of what you're what you're performing is that to me, uh, if I if I would have met that person or if I would have handled that conversation differently I would have ended up at that club and then I would have gotten the gig there and then I would have
2: to me I think it's about desire how bad do you want it and I wanted something so bad mm-hmm. and I couldn't make A plus B equals C for me so I go back and go Wait a second. Let me look at that again. <laughs> yeah, why didn't
3: why couldn't I do that?
2: Right, the regret. Again, that's why that's why therapists are in business. Yes, right. right. Other regrets people have worrying too much about what other people think?
3: As your dad used to say, you know what people think about you? What? They don't.
2: They're too busy thinking about themselves, right?
3: That's okay. So that's, that's human nature okay, as but well. That's another reason why people aren't asking questions, right? Because they're concerned about what people think. That that's a lot of the reason why people don't pursue different job opportunities, right? They're afraid of what people are going to say or what people are going to think. So much of that is because they're afraid of what you're. We're afraid of what people are going to say or think.
2: I wonder. You know, some people have the opportunity. Of a long exit from life, mm-hmm. right? That they see that their their illness will overtake them. So what would that be like to have that ability to have that gift of time and to settle your accounts? Whether
3: Yeah, but there's no settling. I don't think there, you don't I, think You don't think um, so? Not completely. I don't. I don't think that there's... A, I think... One of the frustrations with the human condition is that God is the only settler to me. It's not that we have no part to play, but in big ultimate questions like that, like, you know, why didn't I or what about I just I feel like um, a lot of that has to be left in God's hands because we're we're prisoners of time. But what about we can't go back?
2: Well, what about, like, you know, in AA, they talk about one of the steps is to make amends. Make amends. And I don't want to do I don't do that on my deathbed. Right, right. Anyway, it's a little too yeah, late. Yeah, No. I, you want to make amends. Oh, you no, want, I do think that's You important. want to close the deal, you know?
3: Right. I was thinking more. See yourself. I was thinking about your. Regret. Thing about regretting. The, 1501 Broadway. Exactly. The things that didn't happen or that show you didn't do. That's more what I was thinking of that you're never going to reconcile that on your deathbed. (laughs)
2: No. no.
1: If
3: you have a slow exit from life, you know, I'm not, you're not going to be. Did that
2: agent finally call me? Did he call? (laughs) Because it's a little late. Did you you lose my number? Is that what happened? He's on hold.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Johnny.
2: Hey, Johnny. Just thinking about you. Grief. I don't know. Time is strange. And I, I hope when that time comes that there is because I remember my dad dying and my dad was, I, I don't know this to be certain, but I, from my perspective, I always thought he was terrified.
3: Oh, of dying. Came, yeah.
2: yeah. And I don't want to be terrified. Yeah. I want to be at peace. My mom, I believe I hundred percent. She was at peace.
3: Yeah. Well, knowing, I mean, of being, course. being called be Jesus calling. Uh, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know what his master's doing. I have called you friends. I mean that is such an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. If you don't kn- if you don't know that, being afraid is the only appropriate response.
2: But I believe don't you believe that many people who do still know that are also of terrified. Of course
3: cuz th- none of us have done it. <laughs> I'm terrified. Everybody's are you, are you terrified, terrified of the it. prospect of your death. Oh yeah, of course. Aren't you? No, not you're particularly. not. Okay. I mean I'm not terrified. Like I don't I'm Maybe not yeah. I'm not laying up at night thinking about it, but for oh yeah. I mean, it's coming. It is. I mean,
2: <laughs> it's coming. It is. Terrified in what way? How would well, you be? Ter- because like because
3: you don't know the, the the dead. I'm good with the dying. Is the,
1: painful. the process it's, the process? Yeah,
3: it's totally. It's completely unknown. It's it's an it's an untraveled path for each person, mm. and you have to. You have to only. You you can't not go down it.
2: If I'm there, I'll give you a thumbs up. You, <laughs> okay. It can It's okay. Except
3: you're still going to be wondering what happened with the age
2: 1501 Broadway. Yeah, right.
3: We're going to be in glory. And John's going to be like, yeah, but what if... The what, 1501.
2: Going to happen there. And on that happy note. <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, you know, we were sort of like this is like one of those like 3 a.m. conversations in the college dorm room, I, wasn't I, it?
3: I'm working on five hours of sleep. You guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's coming.
2: Post-election up. talk. Coming. There's a lot of regrets out there for other people, aren't there?
3: Coming up next, I saw a UFO, and so did a member of my flight crew. What? That's next.
2: You've all helped build My Pillow and the incredible company it is today. And now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of My Pillow, wants to give back to my listeners. It's John Hall. Right now, My Pillow is offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their 6-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The Giza bed sheets are marked down as low as $29.99. And believe me when I say you'll get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retails at $89.98, now just $39.98 with promo code WORD. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954, use the promo code WORD, or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square. Use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets.
9: Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive, and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business, too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors'. Just you. Reach out to us at salemsurround.com and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. Salemsurround.com.
2: This is John Hall with Word FM and we're partnering with Bible League International on Stand With Them Bibles for the Persecuted Church. Paul reminded Timothy that all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Persecution is suffering for the sake of Christ and His glory. And it comes in many forms all over the world. In India, it's being shunned by Hindu family members. In China, it's the loss of church buildings. In the Middle East, it could be jail or even death at the hands of extremists. Isaiah is a new Christian in Asia, praying for the nourishment that comes only from God's word. Send him a Bible for only $5. $35 sends seven Bibles. $100 sends 20 Bibles. And your gift will help Word FM and Bible League reach our shared goal of sending Bibles to 5,000 persecuted believers. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or give at wordfm.com.
10: Hi, I'm Kyle at blindster.com. I sell custom-made blind shades and shutters that are easy to install at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are custom made for your windows, and I guarantee they'll fit. Don't hire a pro, do it yourself and save big at
4: Blindster.com. 101.5 W-O-R-D-F-M Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.
2: One of the great things about the print edition of the newspaper, and I think it's probably going by the wayside like most things are as far as print editions, are letters to the editors. I love Mm -hmm. to read letters. Our friend Keith Condrich, he's a big letter to the editor, writer. Okay, so this is in today's Wall Street Journal. Uh, The headline is, I saw a UFO and so did members of my flight crew. This is uh, uh, signed Ralph Lowinger from Port Orange, Florida. He says this, another pilot, another opinion on UFOs. The obvious rebuttal to Art Sabosky's A Pilot Explains UFOs for the Last Time, letters from November 2nd, would be, so UFOs don't exist because you and your friends have never seen one? I know they exist because I was the co-pilot of a Pan American cargo flight with five crew members who clearly saw their formation. It was on a crystal clear moonless night over Nova Scotia's south coast, and we all watched and saw the same thing through different panes of cockpit glass. Their dance was from another world. It lasted five minutes and terminated with the most dazzling feat of aerodynamics we had ever seen. I have now retired to the largest fly-in community in the world, in which many highly trained observers know that UFOs are real cataracts, and floaters aside, Ralph Lowinger. Now, that's got to be a long time ago because he was saying Pan-American. Pan-American's not been an airline for a long time, probably 30 years. It's an old retired pilot talking about something that he saw in the skies. Hmm?
3: It was probably a year and a half ago that 60 Minutes devoted a segment two ufos mm-hmm. and it was because um a report had leaked i believe that uh a navy pilot and his na- and her, wait I- i'm not I-, I don't remember the the genders one of the pilots was a woman and i think one of the navigators was a woman but they had several pairs of pilots and navigators yeah. and they said the same thing now they did not see anything in formation like that but what they saw was something that was able to accelerate mm, high rates of speed at in, in a, with with no gear up, no propulsion, no, pro, no propulsion that they could tell and um, D- go much faster in a very short span than anything D- that we currently have. Access to that right. he knows in America,
2: right? Because people say, "Well, this could be other countries working on secret which, weapons," which is
3: what right. he was talking. Or maybe not working on secret weapons. Maybe it's uh, a spying situation. Mm-hmm. Something developed in another country. But either way, they were saying it was definitely not any technology that we that that those pilots or navigators were aware of.
2: I love it. I think it's fascinating. Me too. And to be honest, I, I, I'm a believer. In UFOs, yeah, cool. and I know people like you know. I talked to Darren down. He goes, "No, God would not make you extraterrestrials. You don't, you don't know what God would do. I don't know, but he's yeah. of the belief, no, that we are alone in in the universe.
3: Nothing in the Bible says we are alone in the universe.
2: Do you think there are?
6: I don't know. The ride home with John
2: and Kathy,
1: a production of Salem Media Group.